This podcast is brought to you by my company, DC Music. Uh, music publishing, music supervision, music education. Find out more at dannychampion.co.uk. Welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion. My little independent music podcast where I talk to a whole bunch of people in the music industry, about the music industry, about what's happening in the music industry, about their careers in the music industry, their motivations for how they've got to where they are in the music industry and everything in between. Uh, To date, I have made 61 or 60, I think actually it's 60, episodes and episode 61, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, as of release of this episode, it is my 38th birthday, August the 13th, 2021. And so rather than getting a guest on uh, to talk to about this, I've got plenty more of those coming up. I thought I would do a very self-indulgent thing, something that I'm not overly confident about doing, um, but I would talk about me and my career in the music business and some of the highs and lows and basically use some of the questions that I've asked many others previously and essentially asked myself and, yeah, talk a bit about me uh, for 20 minutes or so. So don't worry, this isn't going to be anywhere near as long as any of the other ones. So yes, uh, this is a special episode um, about the host of this podcast, um, freelance music consultant and soon-to-be owner and founder of DC Music Publishing, Danny Champion, i.e. me. So one of the things that I ask a lot of people is where did all this start for them? Um, It's a fairly straightforward place to begin and I'm no different to a lot of people. Um, Where it started for me was playing the guitar. Uh, I was in bands. Um, My music love is heavy music, heavy metal music, rock music, hardcore music, punk music, you name it. Um, I was in a whole host of bands through my teenage years playing the guitar and doing what I, I guess, can sort of call singing at the time. I got a modicum of local success, um, sold out a bunch of local shows, uh, did really, really well up until a point, but never quite managed to, to get over the hump like, like a lot of people do. Uh, and so... After many, many years of that, um, I turned to the music industry side of things, um, going behind the scenes. And I was luckily lucky enough to meet a very, very small, or rather I was very, very lucky to meet the, uh, the owners of a very, very small record label and music publishing company up in Cambridge, where I lived at this time when I was about... 21 I think 
Um, that company was called Zenith Cafe Music and uh, Music Publishing and Records. Uh, it was run by a husband and wife, and I learned a lot there. That was my very first foray into the music business. And like with a lot of businesses, like with a lot of startup, small companies, you do a little bit of everything. You do a little bit of admin, you do a little bit of of the creative side, a little bit of A&R. Uh, you drive up and down the country with pop artists, taking them to shows that they're doing at local um, fireworks displays and everything in between. So that was kind of my start in the music industry at a company that no one really knew about, a company that was always fighting an uphill battle, a company that was doing things in a very traditional manner, but on a budget, very, very small company. Um, we were, you know, I was trying to get syncs at a time when it wasn't quite as popular as it is now, but still trying to fight against the likes of Sony, Warner, Universal, and other much larger, bigger companies um, at the time. So it was really, really hard. Um, it was a massive learning curve for me. Um, and yeah, I think it was a great way of starting in the industry. And whenever I'm talking to any uh, individuals coming up in the industry, looking for their first start in the industry, I always say, look at your local industry. Don't, um, those of you who are uh, based in the UK, don't just look towards London. Look at the city that you are closest to, whether that's in the south of England, in the north of England. There will be businesses there. There will be businesses that are doing some interesting stuff on a local level. And it's a great place to to start the ball rolling. So yeah, so that, that was where my start came from. And it was also where I got my first taste for what essentially became my full career in the music business, which was music publishing, and more specifically to that, uh, synchronization, placing music into film, television, advertising, and computer games. I think my one success at that time um, was placing a fairly unknown uh, dance act called Air Biscuit, we'll just leave that one there, uh, into an episode of uh, Hollyoaks After Dark. I think that was what I was most proud of back then. So that, that was where I, I cut my teeth and that was where I started to meet a lot of the people that I called colleagues and contacts and still do call them call colleagues and contacts to this to this day. So I've already touched on it a little bit, but you know, why music publishing? Why synchronization? And I wasn't really sure at the, t at the time, at the start. I think a lot of people kind of jump into uh, a career in an industry, especially when they're 21, 22. They don't really know where they're going with it. You might bounce around a little bit, uh, especially when you're starting off in internships and things like that. You end up in one place, you might start in the admin side of a, of a company. I know a lot of people who have done that 
and then gradually venture across into the creative side or maybe even vice versa. Um, it wasn't really until my time at Peer Music, I think, so about 2010, that I really realised why synchronisation was, was the best place for me. And the reason for that is that I'm, I'm a creative person, as, as, I, as I said at the beginning, I, I still play the guitar a little bit, um, I, I like to think that I can come up with interesting creative ideas. But what I could never do is what an A&R person does. I could never go out and find the next big thing. I could never put myself in, in the place of, of, the, of the audience and say, this is what you want. Or rather, see what the audience are wanting and then go out and find it. I think I'm a little bit too opinionated. When it comes to my own taste in music, I know what I like and I know what I want to work with. Um, and for an A&R person, that's not the best way of going about things. Um, something that I have learned from talking to a number of A&R people. Um, Synchronisation, that side of, of the industry kind of gets removed a little bit. Um, you are, you're not looking for the next best thing, the next biggest thing. You're not looking for something that you're trying to force onto people. You're looking for the right song for a particular project. And so it kind of takes personal taste out of the equation, which is something that I really benefited from. If the brief is asking for pop music, is asking for rock music, is asking for classical music, your job is to find the right music for that project. And on a creative level, I found that very freeing. Now, obviously, you're gonna. There's, you know, opinions do get thrown in there. You do read briefs, and this is something that as well that happened while I was at Peer Music. When you've got a very specific catalogue to work with, um, you read a brief, and you know exactly what song they want, and you know that that song is not in your catalogue. So you're desperately trying to find something that that fits in the best way possible. You're desperately trying to find something that you believe to be the best thing that fits that brief. That doesn't necessarily mean that it is the thing that, that your client, that the people who are essentially going to buy the music, are going to think the same thing. Um, I found that out again this past summer. So last, last summer, the first summer of, the lo of lockdown, uh, when working on a music supervision project whereby... I was really keen on placing some unknown music um, for cost purposes, but also I thought that it was a great opportunity for the particular brand I was working with to really get behind up-and-coming music uh, and see if they can champion some of some of the, the lesser-known stuff. And they just wanted something that was relatively well-known. And that's totally fine. But, you know, it, it can be frustrating at times. But again, you know, you're there to fulfill a purpose, to fulfill a brief. You can throw in your opinions. You can throw in your two cents. Um, but at the end of the day, you're there to, to, f to answer the right question or to answer the question in the right way. Um, not find a completely different answer to a question that you might not have been asked. So that's something that I've really benefited or really liked about working in synchronization. Um, 
also in the roles that I've had, it enabled me to have one foot in the creative side and another foot in the in the in the administrative side. Um, I've worked at small companies, so I've been able to develop my understanding of copyright, of the legal side of things, um, which I have extended into my time in education, but also uh, as a as a freelancer as well. So it's something that I've really benefited from and I've really enjoyed doing is this idea of of doing the creative but also really understanding the the administrative, the paperwork, the legal side of things. It's something that I'm very passionate about and it's something that I would always urge anybody, whether you are in a band, whether you are starting up your own company or whether you are looking at working for a company is to is to do both. You should always um, make sure that you've got a good grounding in the theory, but also um, really, you know, a passion for the creative side. As I mention every week in the introductions to this, um, motivation comes into this podcast quite a lot you know I'm I'm always trying to find out why my guests have done what they've done why my guests um, took a job um, that they did or didn't take a job that they did or you know what they've got out of a certain project and so I should really talk about my own motivations and my own personal goals and achievements and to be brutally honest at times I genuinely don't think I have quite got there um, yet. I've still got plenty of working life ahead of me and I've got some great things that I'm setting up at the moment which I'm genuinely super, super, super proud of and also super, super, super excited to be doing. Um, I It took a while to, to get the grounding that I managed to get. As I said, I started at a very small company where there was a, a definitive ceiling as to where that company was going. Um, I then had a choice of either going to London um, and trying to maybe do some work for free, something that I, looking back on, I'm not a huge fan of anymore, um, or going to university. And I went to university and I got an enormous amount out of my time at university. I met some amazing people. A lot of them have been guests on this podcast. Um, but I think fundamentally I found out and I think the thing that I got most, what motivated me the most out of university is learning about myself. And I learned a lot about what I was good at and also what I was pretty, what I was pretty shit at as well. So whilst there, that was when I reached out to the industry. It's where I managed to get uh, some time at the Orchard uh, and where I met a bunch of a bunch of amazing people there, Scott Cohen. Uh, who has been a guest on this podcast. Um, that's where I met him whilst he was running that company. Um, whilst at university, I also spent time at Sony ATV, which is where I met people like uh, James Cooper, who's been on this podcast, and Flash Taylor, who's been on this podcast. So I was really keen on getting the most out of my time there and really kind of figuring out where where I was going um with 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 my career at that point in time 
um, I'd had a an amount of time around music publishing. Um, but realistically, and I know that this is the same for quite a few people, once I graduated from university, I was just after a job. I was living in London, I didn't have a job, and I needed a job. So I found one, didn't work out. I was only there for six months. Um, we parted ways amicably. Um, but I landed on my feet with my role at Peer Music that I think I genuinely class as kind of the, the, the proper, proper, proper start of my of my relationship with the music industry um and that was where i arguably i achieved the most um i had financial targets to hit i hit them i made some amazing friends um and working and working relationships i got some amazing feedback i was uh luckily lucky enough to be uh in the running for a few awards from from a sync perspective um, at that time. Um, so yeah, so I think my time at Peer Music was was great. I, I think I look back on it fondly. Um, but I'm also someone that always wants to be moving forward. And so I took an opportunity to, to switch uh, focus away from representing music and working with music, or rather representing music and working with the people who are buying the music. Um, and that was my time at Sound Lounge between 2014 and 2016. So whilst in London, I achieved a lot, but I don't think I ever quite managed to, to tick some of those boxes that I really genuinely wanted to, to tick off. Um, and I genuinely believe that those boxes will be ticked off now that I am freelance. I'm my own boss. Um, I'm setting up my own music publishing company so i'm 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 motivated by uh, by the work itself I, w I want to be getting up in the morning and be keen to go to work um, rather than trudging my way to work and so i'm really keen on yeah on developing my own business having my own name next to it um it's not necessarily about huge financial um windfalls it's about personal achievements it's about having a company having a sense of 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 achievement it's about owning something it's about ownership of of this thing rather than rather than working for someone it's working with people i'm really excited by some of the of the acts that i'm already going to be working with um, it's going to be tough to start with um, not least due to the current situation for songwriters um, coming out of, fingers crossed, coming out of a global pandemic where there's been no live music. Um, but I am quietly positive about the future of it. It's going to be a great ride. And I think my motivation for moving forward is definitely from kind of achieving the unknown, achieving something that I am yet to achieve and also learning some of those skills that I am yet to learn. Um, so really, really pleased um, about, about some of that stuff. Um, fucking terrified at the same time as well. Um, I have to meet, admit that I know where my, my um, I know where my shortcomings come from. Um, 
And I think, like a lot of people, the global pandemic has been a um, bit of an eye-opener eye about how we do business, about what we're good at, what we're not good at. Um, but I'm really proud of this podcast. I'm really proud of how I've navigated some of the things that I'm, I'm not hugely confident by. Um, and yeah, yeah positive about the future really looking forward to what comes next and really hoping the many of the people that listen to this podcast um, will reach out and maybe be up for coming along for the ride so yeah to cap this hugely self-indulgent 20-25 minute monologue from my part. I can't believe I've managed to actually talk about myself for 20 minutes. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm just going to finish off, off with a little bit about what's next for, for, for me, for this podcast and also for, for my music company. Um, so this year, tail end of this year, 2021, I will be launching uh, DC Music Publishing. Um, it's going to be a small boutique music publisher. We're going to be based in Bristol. Uh, we're going to be working predominantly with acts, performing songwriters uh, from Bristol and the Southwest region. But by no means are we going to be exclusively focusing on uh, Bristol and the Southwest region. And yeah, we're going to be providing, uh, or rather I'm going to be providing a publishing adm admin service, um, a very close, personal publishing admin service. Um, and gradually as we grow, as, we, as, as I get better at this, I will be adding a whole bunch of creative additions to this service. Um, the end goal is for this music publisher to be a traditional music publisher, signing and developing and working with um, emerging, upcoming, performing songwriters, um, and maybe even eventually working with some non-performing songwriters. Um, I'm af after years and years of working in publishers, um, mainly in the sync department, I'm genuinely excited and keen about branching out of just sync and being a music publisher synchronization will be a very strong part of the service that i provide uh, but the service but the key service i will pre be providing is that of publishing administration so for those of you out there who are songwriters and are unpublished are looking for some assistance in this area um, whether you are collection society registered or not, um, please do get in touch um, via the email that you'll see in the episode, um, episode biog. Um, I'm really keen to listen to music, hear what's been going on, and also just find out what services emerging songwriters, bands, artists, if you're a manager working with a bunch of clients, reach out, ask me some questions. Um, the, the business is going to be very much focused on the emerging area of the business. I want to be part of part of the teams that help develop artists and songwriters so that they can move on to bigger and better things. 
Um, and yeah, really, really keen and, and super excited about where that's going to go. Uh, the podcast is going to keep going. I When I started this podcast, um, I gave myself a little target to get to 100 episodes. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, this episode is number 61. Um, and I think I should be getting to close to 70 episodes with the... Uh, with the with the guests that I've already got lined up uh, moving forwards, so little bit of a way to go yet, but I think I can manage it, um, and maybe even beyond that side of things. So yeah, that's that's where I'm going next. There's obviously a load of other things going on my end um, as a freelancer, as a music consultant, as a music business educator. Um, so yeah, do please check out my website www.dannychampion.co.uk um, once launched you can also check out www.dcmusicpublishing.co.uk uh, find me on twitter at danny champion find me on instagram at either dc music publishing or uh, dan m champion um, yeah and any links that i have forgotten will be in the episode biog uh thank you all for listening to me ramble on about myself for 25 minutes i hope it was vaguely interesting and if it wasn't it's half the time of any of the other episodes so roll with that thank you so much and until next time see you later 